Hello, everyone, and welcome to my CHN podcast, Health Conversations Without Barriers. Today, we have a very important host, Mark Young, my CHN's CEO, and he will be interviewing one of our community partners, Harvest for the Hungry. Enjoy. You'd like to introduce yourselves. I'm Risha Broom. I've been with Harvest for the Hungry since last February. I am the office manager and excited to be here today. Mark, thank you for having us uh, on your podcast. My name is uh, David Wong. I'm the founder and president of Harvest for the Hungry. So uh, David is also a physician and we became acquainted a couple of years ago. Um, heard about Harvest for the Hungry here located in Southern Brazoria County. Uh, wanted to come visit and came and visit and just got super excited. Uh, there, we're down here uh, just outside of Onion Creek. Uh, David uh, acquired some property, some beautiful property down here and um, had a dream of set, uh, setting up a farm for people who, uh, who, had low, who were low income or ne had needed access to healthy nutritional food. And he did it. So I'll let David go ahead and talk to us a little bit more about getting started. Thank you, Mark. And uh, it's with uh, CHN's partnership and investment into our organization that we are able to provide uh, healthy, local, nutritious, farm-to-table food for those struggling with food insecurity. And like CHN, we're very uh, focused on social determinants of health. And so we look at different reasons and try to address those reasons why our community is struggling with food insecurity. And so we have been able to partner with CHN and have a lot of community engagement and build relationships. We were able to bring on Risha, which has been a wonderful resource in, in getting several events out here. Not only are we feeding them physically, but we're also feeding them intellectually. And I'd really like uh, Risha to give us um, a little bit description of some of those experiences and education opportunities, thanks to CHN that we were able to do here for our community. Risha. Thank you. In fact, we kickstarted our introduction to our education calendar at Harvest soon after, and this is actually our anniversary month, January, that the education center opened. Um, we began a partnered activity. I don't know if we remember with Community Health Networks in Missouri County of SBCA. We did an event called Best Together. We did a collaborative where we were able to share our resources and build a really valuable experience for people to come and, and just see the farm. We had a, a tour, self-guided tour, so people could see the aspects of the farm. Of course, this built interest and literacy and where our food is grown and how we provide it to our community. And from then, we kind of felt confident to go ahead and start exploring what, what is our audience in Missouri County? What, is, what do people want to do? What do they need to do to be involved and to understand how to live in healthy ways? So we began a pretty strong summer program, and we were able to hire some agriculture students to be a part of the activity, but we did weekly enrichment that included art and science. Uh, farm activities. We built a mommy and me community that we still uh, nurtured 
um, through the school year too. And we've done several community events that, you know, are unique because they don't just uh, focus on one activity. We do many things that cater to the family and build those experiences together. For instance, the Mommy and Me, we have found, uh, and it's not just Mommy and Me, that's the label, but all family members are welcome. And there's so much when a, to say for when a family can arrive in a situation where they don't have to plan, they don't have to figure out how they're gonna pay for the activities. You know, in social media, you see wonderful things happening and it builds that separation and that isolation, especially our families that are most in need. Um, here at Harvest, we want everyone to feel immediately welcome. Hope you felt that too. Oh, and that they deserve good things. And so we try to keep it a quality experience. We want them to feel like they they belong here too, and they deserve that. So, uh, for instance, we've done activities where we cook together, and everything's organized. They can make a mess. You know, that's another bonus. Sure. They can make a mess here, and they get to you know, just jump into the activity and bond with their child and not worry about how am I going to pay for this? Um, how am I going to fit this into my schedule? We do that for them. And so it's really healing for the family. Um, that group has grown, you know, tremendously since this summer. Um, we also have found there's a real need for enrichment for homeschool families. So we do Wednesday science and art enrichment. And um, we're proud to say that those experiences have uh, remained free for those that attend and we have tried to be creative as possible to find resources and community health network has helped us make that possible and um, we also have a wonderful gardening club and we work with the Missouri County Master Gardeners and they lead that experience and again the whole family is welcome to come but it's designed to actually empower the youth to become junior master gardeners so if they can finish the year with us, they will be official Missouri County Junior Master Gardeners. And they're going to be full of information. Can you imagine how unique that is for, you know, a five-year-old, eight-year-old, a 10-year-old should be able to have that kind of ownership and skill set. And we're really proud that that's happening here. And that community is growing. And we also do fun things like fall festivals, and Christmas activities. Community Health Network, in fact, will come and uh, Jolly Sun, Dr. Sun will come and do meditation. And that's made it a neat kind of integrated activity in several areas. But um, yeah, we're just really excited to see where this goes. And we've um, continued to find community members that also find that this is their niche, the education side. You know, that we've had several people that come and they want to be a part of the farm activities and or volunteer in the greenhouses or you know help with the harvest but now we have a place for people that want to help teach to be involved um, we have a homemade class in the evenings once a month sometimes twice twice a month uh, we have a farmer her name's gina walker she calls herself the greedy farm girl and she teaches these practical you know primitive homesteading skills that we have all kind of become disconnected with and we try to use our own farm resources so people can feel like they've been a part of that whether it's farm to table or farm to craft activity, but it's teaching sustainability and connecting people in new ways. So it's it's very satisfying and fulfilling to see people um, become a part of things that they could do for themselves, not just in nutrition or gardening, but also just uh, making healthier choices and how they clean their home, 
how they use their resources in our community. And it's a very special role to be a part of that and to just be available. Yeah, we sort of, we saw y'all's mission and we're, we, we came as an organization, became very excited because it is, you know, working with people to become more um, empowered to take on control of their own, their, 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 their food, the way they live. It's, it's just good, basic, you know, uh, human need to do this. And we knew that this is the kind of thing that could spread across the country. This whole concept should be. There's opportunities for it to spread across the country. Well, Y'all want to tell us a little bit about what you grow here or what the, because I know there's a number of things. Absolutely. You name it, we probably have tried and and, and actually grew it. Uh -huh. And so a lot of times the things you see in supermarkets, that's what we initially started growing, squash, cucumbers, tomatoes, all sorts of herbs, watermelon, cantaloupes. We had all sorts of fruit trees, apples, pears. Uh, we did have a lot of citrus, but two years ago uh, with the sub freeze for two weeks, we lost a lot of them. Uh, we also have about now a hundred chickens, laying chickens, not meat chickens. And so we're able to get that great protein source organic uh, eggs uh, out to our community. We also have 28 bee boxes. Mm -hmm. So we're able to produce, uh, this year we produced 360 bottles of uh, home, local, pure, raw honey. Mm -hmm. And uh, honey is just a wonderful source of uh, a nutritious food. Got a lot of antimicrobial properties, but more important than that are their pollinators. And with our farm out here, they can help increase our yield multiple than if we didn't have um, the bees. Right. So we really try to focus on giving a, a diet that's uh, really balanced and nutritious uh, to our community. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I wanted to emphasize, and Risha touched on it and you have touched on it, is one of our visions here is to empower and equip those that come out from the community to learn what they're learning at Harvest for the Hungry and taking that back into their own community, whether that's their home community, their work or school community and doing those things they learned here, making a garden in their backyard or, or in their work environment, learning how to cook in a healthy and tasty manner with some of the vegetables and fruits that they've learned to do here, whether it's canning, pickling, or we now have a freeze dryer as well. And so it's it's teaching them to be champions within their communities so that they can address any social determinants of health and, and food insecurity within their own community. Very good. So uh, what's next? What's next on the horizon? Next on the horizon is definitely we want to continue our partnership with community health networks. Um, you know, we've shared and we've discussed, and I really would like to have some type of food prescription program between CHN and Harvest for the Hungry. You can imagine where a doctor sees a patient with high cholesterol or high sugars and writes a prescription uh, to eat fresh produce, green leafy vegetables three times a day. And you can fill this prescription at Harvest for the Hungry. So I'd love for that to be 
uh, one of the things that we could do. Number two is to continue our partnership with various events like Risha mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, more um, mental and physical clinics and wellness clinics and education classes to be held at Harvard School Under because we believe that it's, we shouldn't just be giving a bag of healthy food and letting them go on their way. We really believe that there should be some education behind it, relationships built behind it, and we want to continue that. And, and, and in fact, we want to double down on that. Well, that makes that uh, nutrition have a lot more value. But absolutely. So, um, and y'all for y'all help supply some of the local food banks, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah. So some of the um, food banks that we help are the ones that are around here. Uh, we focus on Brazoria County, and that includes Brazoria County Dream Center, Brazosport Cares, Food Pantry, and the Food Basket. Uh, but we also have a great majority of our farm produce go to the Houston Food Bank. And that's important because Houston Food Bank also supplies all the food pantries, not only Brazoria County, but also Fort Bend, Harris, and right. many other counties around Houston. Very good. That's awesome. So you've had other, you said there's been people contact you interested in spreading this concept, right? Absolutely. It's, it's been a wonderful journey just to be able to meet all these smarter people than I am and just passionate about helping their community. And they've seen the success that Harvest has had with CHN and our other partners, and they want to mirror this in their communities as well. So we've been asked to do this uh, outside of Missouri County and Harris County. We've been asked to do this outside of the greater Houston area in different cities in Texas, as well as different states and countries as well. That's fantastic. I know. I love I love this concept. Man, that's when we came out and saw the, the farm at a better time. Uh, I think we were in the spring at the time. So y'all had all the uh, greenhouses were up. You had the plants out. Um, it was right after the heavy freeze, yeah. so you had been severely impacted with that. Um, but you could still see how beautiful it was. And I know since that time, I've, I've, you must have grown three hundred percent. Absolutely. In fact, we've grown four hundred percent. If you look at the the raw numbers uh, prior to CHN coming aboard, it really was just me and a part time farm. Mm -hmm. And with CHN's help. Uh, we've been able to bring on now four four full-time staff and a part and a couple of part-time staff. And that's allowed us to really address some opportunity costs. Instead of me um, having my hands in the dirt, now I can have my hands on the typewriter writing grants and, and things like that. Yeah. So it's allowed us as an organization to be a little bit more streamlined and focused. And so we've now been able to um, do what we've done in the past just a little bit better. So um, along the way, what are your biggest challenges that you faced? So I always look back and, and the three biggest challenges we've had. Number one, um, the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. We started Harvest for the Hungry during that period of time, but God's blessed us with just a wonderful community, volunteers, partners, and Despite the COVID pandemic, we were actually able to grow exponentially during that period of time. And that was our greatest growth. People wanted to get out into the fresh open air and get out of their quarantine and help their community. So that was the first. 
The second is that, you know, in, in the farming business, by nature, that is not a lucrative business type business. It's a tough business. And being in this type of area is even tougher. Uh, we're by the beach. We have salty air. Mm -hmm. We have gumbo clay. We have a lot of pests. It's windy. All these environmental challenges. You mentioned occasional deep freezes. And mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. The mosquitoes are not easy out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so farming was also in this area was challenging, but mm -hmm. we were able to overcome that with just wonderful partners. We have Texas AM AgriLife Extension. Risha has mentioned we work closely with Brazoria County Master Gardeners. We work closely with uh, Texas State University and many other farming ag agriculture universities. And so we pride ourselves on surrounding ourselves with very smart people. So farming was also, this area was challenging. A, a third area that is challenging is just being a nonprofit, right? We're not in the greatest um economic time for the u.s you know we're trillions of dollars in debt um, we nearly were on the brink of a recession so people were tightening their belts when it came to giving and donating and so just being able to work with nonprofits and synergize and sharing resources uh, really helped us a lot so I, I would say those are probably the three biggest challenges that we encountered. One was, you know, just pandemics and unexpectedness. And second, being able to farm in this particular area. And thirdly, just overcoming some financial difficulties. And so just being able to partner with community health networks and our other partners like United Way, Brazoria County, Stoller Foundation, Bacoda, um, Save the Children, and others. It's just really been uh, a true honor and privilege to be able to work alongside with these great nonprofits. Very good. Awesome. Well, Risa, you've been here for a year. What have, what have, what have your challenge been over the last year? I like to say I began a couple years ago okay. as a volunteer. Oh, okay. And I think that's important. And I'm going to suggest that for if we get to choose who we take on board that you were, you know, part of our volunteer community because it was the heart of the only function. So all about the mission. I'll add the challenge is where are y'all in August? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when it's tough and we have, a, you know, we yeah. still have a very small group of staff and, you know, it's daunting sometimes the things that we needed the farm support for. Yeah. Um, so getting people here at the right time is still something we're working on, building that consistent group to, um, developing when we put forward the time and energy and resources to make these events and classes, mm -hmm. getting people here and believing in what we're doing and being present. So that, you know, that would be one. Um, uh, organizing nonprofit work oh, yeah. is challenging. Yeah. 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 Bringing people together and making it successful. There's so many things that go in the, the back right. side of, of, uh, anything we produce. Right. I would agree the nature, we work with nature, but it, it likes to work against us a lot, but being responsible still and mm -hmm. um, being stewards of, mm -hmm. of what we do here. Right. We're excited to hopefully migrate some of our fields into organic 
food supply for our community. I know that will bring additional challenges for us to be um, to function. We already have been very proud of the integrity we put into what we cultivate, but that'll add even greater responsibility. You were telling me that I'll try to use indigenous seeds when possible. We do. We have, yeah, we have been wanting to tap into what um, is culturally relevant, not just nutritious. Um, we're hoping to bring that into an intimate experience for families to, if they're open to that discussion, to invite them to return to uh, native um, experiences in their food and culture and tradition. We hope to add that element to the harvest. It's awesome. Very, very cool. So how do people get in touch with you if they, need, if they, if they want to reach out? So our website, if you wanted to do an overview and look at our events and our, our story, um, is harvestforthehungrytexas.org. Uh, my email is rbroom at harvestforthehungrytexas.org. Rbroom. R-O-O-M. Correct. At uh, my phone number is 979-417-6970. Um, David's information is also available. If you need to get a, in touch with us, um, you can just come by. We're open 9 to 5 on the weekdays and every first and third Saturday from 9.30 to 12.30. And your address? Well, we've got a couple addresses. <laughs> if you Google us, the farm address is at 4302 FM 523. That's Freeport. And if you're from here, that's Oyster Creek. And uh, the education center is right beside it. Shouldering freaks out by Austin. I mean, yeah, that's where they have the golf course. <laughs> well, we, do, we grow onions. We do here. have onions on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a, an education center. Um, that is 184 County Road 792. Uh, it's right. It's on the property that it shoulders the county road. Right that's there. another one of your great accomplishments was building this. This center is fantastic. It took us uh, over a year, but uh, we are thrilled at the way it turned out. And elevated, to... prevent from flooding and everything. Yeah. Has an elevator, a walk-in refrigerator, freeze dryer, multiple refrigerators, and most importantly, a place for our community. I remember first coming on board, you know, everything happened out of the red shed you know, placing our, all of our hearts for that red shed because we have a half kitchen, one table. <laughs> we would shove a bus full of kids from, for instance, Velasco Elementary School, 40 kids and staff, and teach them about the food they harvested. And it was wonderful, but it's really a privilege to be able to accommodate everybody comfortably and have more structured events that, you know, make everyone comfortable. That was very nice. I do like the red shed too. <laughs> you remember we had yeah. a, a CHN meeting over wow. there. It's fantastic. Yeah. So God's blessed us with this beautiful building, and yeah. we're just and yeah. let's you know yeah, you have a beautiful lake out here too. Mm-hmm. So, so anybody needs to go fishing, go catch the fish. Yeah, <laughs> you know. This... Mark, we've talked about this, and we want to do this this year yeah. for sure. We want to do like kid fish where we teach our community how to catch fish, how to clean the fish, mm-hmm. how to cook the fish, because we're not just about giving a man a fish and feeding them for a day. We're about teaching them how to fish and feeding them for life. And we believe fish is a very healthy food. Oh, yeah. And that lake, that 38 lake, 
30-acre lake is stocked with redfish, catfish, crappie, and bass. That's all a bunch of good stuff. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Don't really know where else we've gone from the past to the present to the future. Um, anything else you'd like to say? I uh, right before you came, uh, the Brad's Pond Network has really helped that CHM has helped us kind of merge our resources with other interagency groups, United Way, but uh, it's really great because we wanted more of that interface between families to come here, not just the exchange that goes out to distribution. So that's that's okay. really wonderful. And then, of course, we can share you know, our events and ministry with them here. Um, but we appreciate that too, Dan. I'll, be part I'll, of the network. I'll mention it real quick. So the United Way uh, was in the Missouri County really put this project together to bring a way of, of really uniting all the not-for-profits and for service agencies. And we were able to build a platform, electronic platform where we can refer folks uh, safely and um, to, and they can be referred to our services, our care. We can leave anyone, the churches or anyone can refer here to Harvest of the Hungry or other resources. So. It's been a really great, it's, it's been a great experience working on that. I know it's got a huge future. Yeah. 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 We appreciate being a part of that. Yeah. Our partners, you know, we're are associated with CHN in one way or another. So it's just wonderful to be able to also have access to um, similar partners aligned with our overall mission of engaging and improving our community. I'll make a I'll make a quick pitch about that. So we know that we know that healthcare begins upstream is what we call it. Uh, social determinants of health now, non-medical health determinants is what is uh, the new terminology. But we know that so much of good health doesn't happen at the healthcare clinic. It happens in the home. It happens while you're growing up. It happens before you get sick. So access to good food, access to healthy relationships, access to, you know, all those things, the community, the caring community makes such a huge difference for people. So we we know the well-being in our communities, how important that is. And it means the community working together. It can't be, this is where it's even most important because there's so many players that come in to make them up. And it's just a critical piece. And I'm, like I said, it's Really loved what you guys were doing. Full in. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Mark. And um, would, would also like to hear your vision for the future for CHN. You know, my personal vision is I'd like to see healthcare changed first. I'd like to see anyone have access to the best healthcare available. I'm not asking for government to pay for it. I'd like to see the systems ensure what, however it gets there. However it gets there, I would like to see the systems be changed where people could get the best health care possible, whoever they are, wherever they are, and that we don't function, we don't focus our attention always on taking care of people when they're sick, but we do everything we can to keep people from getting sick. And we know that that's the real answer to a lot of our problems. So it's a pretty big, pretty, pretty big uh, view of it. So, uh, but I know CHM, we're going to continue to try to strive in, the, in those directions. Yeah. Wonderful. I think CHN is very 
innovative in their holistic approach to healthcare. Appreciate that. We just, uh, again, Harvest the Hungry is very thankful for our partnership. And we know we've, we've only scratched the surface and we're really looking forward to a long-term relationship. We are too. So that we can just uh, help our community and address these social determinants of health and get them to be a more healthy community. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to demonstrate your love by sharing this podcast with your friends and family or giving us a review on Spotify. Until next time. Thank you.